Rodney Detroit, W300CO Dexter, and Ave Maria Radio Station, and on the net at AveMariaRadio.net. to Mass Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. This is Colleen Kelly Mast, your hostess today and every week on Mass Appeal, here for two hours. Actually, I've been here for 24 years on Catholic Radio, offering free, friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. Give us a call with your question or personal problem as you're trying to live out your faith the best you can, and even today's gospel says to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. What a challenge. But God gives us the capability and the free will to do so. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. As I said, I'm Colleen Kelly-Mast. This show is called Mast Appeal. If you're just spinning the dials on the radio or punching buttons, uh, this is Catholic Radio. And uh, I am a certified life coach. I'm the author of Love and Life and Sex Respect and the new Love Ed video discussion series. Actually, I'm going to be do the podcast with Bear Wozniak this week for Dads, the Dads version of Love Ed. Um, and uh, let's see, what else? I have a master's degree in health education, honorary doctorate in humane letters, teaching certificates in health science, physical education, and theology. And I've taught CCD or classrooms in at every single level. So I've been a guest on TV shows like Oprah and Geraldo in 60 Minutes and Mother Angelica Live. I was invited to the Vatican by Pope John Paul II's Pontifical Council for the Family to present my Love and Life program um, to the Pontifical Council because it had already followed the Catholic Church teachings, the truth and meaning of human sexuality. But all throughout my career, I've defended the truth about life and love, and I've debated the ACLU and Planned Parenthood and CECAS. So we're not here for debates today. We're here for solutions. I grew up in a family of second oldest of nine children, so it had to be solution-oriented there because there were plenty of problems, and sibling problems, and parent problems, and neighbor problems. So call me with what you might be struggling with today. I'm the mother of five adult children. I've been married for over 40 years, and uh, we, our family maybe has had some of those same problems, or maybe your problem is so unique, we need to find a unique solution by the grace of God and the gifts of the Holy Spirit to respond to that today. So give us a call at 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK is the number to get on today's show. And if you want to learn more about my work, you can go to my website, respectforyou.com. Respect the number four, the letter U. Com. So what do you need help with today? Kindness, maybe? Patience? You need help with your patience or love or joy? 
It's hard to find that deep joy of the Lord that is our strength when things are difficult. Maybe you need some diligence. It's, what, 10 days into Lent and you're thinking, "Mm, okay, I'm good at falling. How how good am I at getting up? Maybe you need uh, help with silence, the silence to listen to God. Or do you need help with some courage? Or wisdom? Do you need help with some peacemaking skills? Do you need to be kinder to your spouse? And you don't know where to start because you've been so crabby and mean all these years. Or maybe your sister-in-law is manipulating you and you don't want to be part of that family control game. Or maybe your own head is full of discouragement or negative self-talk and you kind of block God's love from reaching your mind because your mind does control your brain. Uh, so your soul has an intellect and a will, and uh, your brain is a tool for that. Um, so you can't blame your subconscious brain for choices you make or even thoughts that you have. You can change those each day because Jesus rose from the dead. So if you're bound up maybe in a, a habitual sin of like laziness or sloth or you need some encouragement to get moving and you're trying to figure out how can I change this brain I've made a habit of uh, my favorite sin or maybe you oh this is one of my favorites especially during Lent if you haven't been to confession in years and you want to know how to return you don't have to tell me your sins because I cannot give you absolution but I can tell you how to examine your conscience and what steps to take to get ready to be sorry for your sins and uh, how to confess them and if you have been away from the church for a long time Saturday is always a good day to come back especially this Saturday because it is not the first Saturday of the month when the lines get long with the monthly uh, confess uh, people who confess. And it's not the end of Lent where people who just go a couple times a year are going. So if you've been away for a long time, get in the confession line today. Bless me, Father, I've sinned. My last confession was... Whatever, 50 years ago, I missed Mass for about 20 years. I did X, Y, and Z. I'm really sorry. I want to come back into the loving arms of our Father. So that's pretty simple, but you can call for more details. Or maybe you're um, criticizing your spouse so much that they just roll their eyes when you start to speak. Like, how do you change that around? Or maybe your parent or child left the faith and uh, they're discouraged or just ignoring the faith and your concern for their soul. Who knows what's going on in your life today, but you do. Whatever's disturbing your peace, whatever's keeping you from being perfect as the Heavenly Father is perfect, give me a call. The number is 877-573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK. So, yes, you heard those inklings of today's gospel inspiring me. Jesus said to his disciples, this is Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 to 48. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, ouch, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That you may be children of your heavenly father, for he makes his son rise on the bad and the good and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers and sisters only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? You ready for this next line from Jesus Christ himself? So be perfect just as your heavenly Father is perfect. 
Now, if you're more than 40 years old, you've probably heard decades of homilies on this. Well, you don't have to be exactly perfect. There may be excuses, but are you loving with perfect love? Are you uh, you're trying to follow all the commandments with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength? Are you loving your neighbor? You know, like, who do you hate? Who do you resent? Who have you forgotten? Who, have you, who do you avoid? Who do you talk about behind their back? Who, who are you impatient with? How can you love him or her? Or if you have a family that's not even a him or her, they think they're a they and they're absolutely confused. How do you love these people that we maybe try to stay away from because it's too hard to love? So today's gospel challenges us to pray for those who persecute us and to love everybody with this supernatural, perfect love of God. So remember that it's God's love that flows through us. That our love is not perfect, but God wants us to love perfectly as he does. And we can do that because we have this gift of free will. We have this gift of grace that we received at baptism. That is God's life in us. We have actual grace that gives us help whenever we need it. We have sacramental grace through the sacrament of reconciliation, through the sacrament of the Eucharist. Those of you that are married have sacramental grace from marriage, matrimony. And so we can love people with a supernatural love, with God's perfect love. In the meditation in the Magnificat, it says, If all men are sons of God, or at least called to become so, we ought to love them all, even the people that are driving you crazy. And we love them in the measure that we love our common Father. Remember that saying? Even even people who say, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. Said in the book of John, I think somewhere. So to love our neighbor in kind of a supernatural way is sufficient to look at him with the eyes of faith and to remember that though he differs from us in condition and character, he's still born like us, not only of flesh, of blood, and of the will of man, but of God. So at least he's called to be born to the life of God, to participate in the divine nature and eternal beatitude. So, since we belong to the same family of God, even if you judge them as not practicing or you observe them as not practicing, and they in reality are not practicing the faith, how do we love him if we truly love God? But if I do not love him and pretend to love God, oh boy, that's where the line comes in. 1 John, verse 4. So on the other hand, if you love your enemies, love the people that drive you crazy, with God's love, it's a sign that you love God. Since love of God is the same love that's directed to that supernatural reality of your neighbor. So in other words, we love our neighbor because he or she is a son or daughter of God and a member of the mystical body of Christ because the Holy Spirit dwells or wishes to dwell in them. And you love them because they're destined to become a living stone of the heavenly Jerusalem. We can love him with a divine love, God's perfect love. We love him for the glory that he could possibly eternally give to God. And so give that love to our enemies. Pray for them. And remember that this person that does drive you crazy is in urgent 
need of your help. So even if your love is a little bit of um, compassion or pity or we need to bring those spiritual works of mercy to the table to forgive them, to bear wrongs patiently, to admonish the sinner, instruct the ignorant, counsel the doubtful, that is part of that love. Loving them to goodness loving them in their weakness. They need our help. They need our love. So maybe that's how we follow today's gospel. Instead of jumping back and saying, oh, I'm not perfect as the Heavenly Father is perfect. I'll never be perfect. We say, no, can I love everyone with God's perfect love that's flowing through me? Even if my habits of my subconscious memory are not that virtuous. God can love others through me. So be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. Perfect in love. love. Loving those who do not love you. Because God's made us a people particularly His own. So if we're feeling weak, we only have to ask God to give us what He commands. He doesn't command, he doesn't command the impossible. It's actually St. Therese of Lisieux, I think, said that. You know very well that I never would be able to love others as you love them unless you, oh my Jesus, loved them in me. Your will is to love in me all those you command me to love. Perfect love. Love our enemies. Pray for those who persecute us. Give me a call if you're struggling with that or anything, any personal problem as you're trying to live out your faith. The number to get on today's Mast Appeal with your question or personal problem is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. We'll be back with your calls in just a moment. Another year has come and gone. And whether you like it or not, Uncle Sam requires you to make an accounting. Perhaps it's time to call Myler and Zipka. They work with you to legally minimize your tax bill and identify ways to reduce future taxes. Eliminate the nagging feeling that you're paying more taxes than you need to. Call Ken Zipka today at 734-930-5500. Myler and Zipka. Integrity, excellent value, and people dedicated to a long-term relationship. 734-930-5500. Does unity in the church eliminate diversity? No says the Catholic Catechism. From the beginning, the Catholic Church has been marked by great diversity. Diversity in God's gifts. Diversity in the multiplicity of cultures and people who are its members. There is even diversity in its particular churches who maintain their own traditions. The Catechism asserts this is not a threat to the Church's unity. Sin, however, and its consequences are a constant threat to unity. The number one bond of unity is charity, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. There are also visible bonds of unity, profession of one faith, common celebration of divine worship, especially the sacraments and apostolic succession through the sacrament of holy orders. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Ave Maria Radio invites you to feast on the joy of fasting this Lenten season and all year long. Fast from anger. Feast on patience. Fast from pessimism. Feast on optimism. Fast from worry. Feast on divine providence. Fasting is a part of true Christian life. 
It liberates us from this world as we grow closer to Christ. Welcome to Mass Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. This is Colleen Kelly Match. I'm Mast. <laughs> can't even say my own name. Bye, yeah, um, Colleen Kelly Mast. I'm a life coach, author, and speaker. I've got two talks to give this week, so I better be able to speak better. So pray for me. All right, give me a call with your question or personal problem. The number to get on today's show is 877-573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK. We just chatted about uh, t- today's gospel, loving our enemy, but yesterday's really called me and, and brought a memory up about um, not even being angry at somebody. You remember that gospel from Matthew, I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven. And so Jesus says, you've heard that it was said to your ancestors, you shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But you're ready for the next line, everybody? You know what this is if you've been to Mass for a long time. You don't know what it is if you're new to the faith. But Jesus says, but I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raqqa, will be answerable to the Sanhedrin. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to fiery Gehenna. Okay, have you called anybody a bad word this week? Maybe it wasn't you fool. Maybe it was something else even worse. So Jesus says, therefore, before you bring your gift to the altar and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar. Go first and be reconciled with your brother and then come and offer your gift. Settle with your opponent quickly while on the way to court. So I remember one time I had to enact this gospel like in the five minutes before mass started it was several years ago when my child number four was in a what had been a very good catholic school that slowly weakened and i had to out of conscience pull him out because he was only in kindergarten and there was a a very bad uh, sex education program that they said was Catholic but was not good for anybody, let alone a kindergartner, to watch full spread of the difference between a male and female. Actually, they wouldn't even teach that anymore. They'd say there's no difference. <laughs> but anyway, I had to uh, pull him out of school, and I had done everything that the scripture said. I went to the pastor in secret. I went to the DRE in secret. I talked to uh, the principal. I talked to each person very kindly, nicely, pointed out why this was in error, how it didn't match the true teachings of the church and why we shouldn't have this program in and they would not budge and so I had to for that and a couple other reasons to remove my child from the school and when I did it I um, had I I, maybe I was irritable and somewhat angry I mean justifiable anger at the action but shouldn't have been angry at the person and so I kind of 
wasn't mean, but was certainly irritable and impatient with the secretary of the school. And so I get to Mass when this gospel was going to be read that day. And I had, you know, prayed it ahead, meditated on it ahead. And who do I see in that Mass but the secretary of the school? So this gospel is actually haunting me like, uh-oh, if I'm going to bring my gift to the altar? And, and I disturbed with my impatience and irritability, my anger at other people in the school, and I I acted this out toward the secretary, I have to settle with her before I bring my gift to the altar. have to leave your gift there at the altar. Go first be reconciled with my sister, the secretary, and then um, come and offer my gift. So that gospel just called me. So I get to Mass a few minutes early, and I see this secretary there, and I have to, like, walk across the church and go apologize to her for how I acted the day before um, and told her that I know it wasn't her fault that the administration made these choices for the school. And I'm sorry I wouldn't get to see her anymore since I was pulling my son out of the school. But I just wanted to, I had to make sure that I was living that gospel before Father read it. So sometimes that happens to us. Oh, boy. If you struggle with some of those kinds of things, too, loving your neighbor perfectly, give me a call. This is Colleen Kelly Mast on Mast Appeal. The number to get on today's show is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. Is uh, Jim our first caller ready yet? Nope, he's got a list of questions. Okay, well, we'll let him finish screening, and I will go to our first email that we um, that I got an email after last Saturday's show, uh, kind of a long one, from a listener who said, she said, I listen to your program every Sunday on my way to work, and you've inspired me with so many ways. And she's challenging us to... Um, to evangelize the Protestants. Here's what she says. However, I'm struggling to understand why people and the church is not evangelizing more to our Protestant brothers and sisters. We spoke a little bit about evangelization last year or last week. So she said, so I was once a Protestant, went to every denomination to find my home. I've been given a great blessing of understanding the Mass before I was even Catholic. And she said, when I came home, I was in tears of joy. So, what a beautiful letter she wrote. This is last week. Actually, she wrote it during the show, 9.21 a.m. on February 17th. So, she says, over the years, I find it hard to explain my faith because my faith is emotional. I've been healed by the Eucharist. I've been visited by Jesus. I've been visited by St. Padre Pio telling me to tell the world about the Eucharist. So, I experienced love. It's hard to explain love. She said, I noticed when I do, I get shut down. I know some people in the Catholic Church say we should not evangelize our Protestant brothers and sisters because they will get to heaven and we should not judge what they believe. However, as a former Protestant, she says, I think it's wrong because we're basically gambling their souls and our souls with what we think Jesus would forgive. Wow, that was a pretty powerful line. So she says, but Jesus wants all to partake in the Mass because he wants to give them his graces. Because that is how much he loves us. That gift is in the Eucharist. So for those of you that just joined us, this is a letter I got last week um, during the show from a former Protestant is wondering why Catholics don't evangelize since we have the greatest gift in the Eucharist. So she continues. She says, I'm struggling to understand why if we supposedly love our long lost brother and sister and we're told when you truly love someone, you want the best for them. 
Yet people in the church are not evangelizing but accepting their beliefs. So how can we hold back when the goodness is in the Eucharist, when Jesus is calling us to his graces? Everyone says to be ecumenical, but I can't, she says. I desire all to experience that love which is found in the Eucharist. Because St. Paul says we must be of one faith, one church, and one body of believers. So she says, could you please help me understand how we are not out in the streets proclaiming the good news like the apostles did. Wow, that was a powerful letter. I had to read that a couple times when it came in. And that's a good question to ask our conscience, especially in in light of today's gospel, or yesterday's love your enemy and today's love perfectly. If we have perfect love, our listener said, why aren't we sharing the good news like the apostles did? Hmm. There's all levels. And why aren't we training ourselves to be better than that instead of being chicken about it or keeping that to ourselves? Where there there are some practical ways. Actually, I, after I got that letter, I pulled an article, Simple Ways to Get Started in Evangelism. Well, I can tell you some of them. I know the music's going to start playing in a second. But first of all, we have to pray. Pray for opportunities. You know, pray that God might bring people across your path. Uh, one helpful trick is put a, like, post-it note. Stick it somewhere you'll see it first in the morning. And um, psychologists say one of the best ways to learn a new habit is connected to an existing habit. So the first thing you do each morning is, if you're going to turn the coffee on or brush your teeth, take a minute or two to pray for opportunities to share your faith while you're waiting for your first caffeine shot. A second thing to do is make a list. Write down the names of four or five either non-Christians or non-practicing Catholics or Christians who are not Catholic, um, friends, colleagues, and create a habit of praying for them regularly, that you want to pray for the best for them, which we know is reconciliation and the Eucharist. You know, daily is great. You know, write a list. Use it as a bookmark, maybe as your prayer bookmark. And so pray for people. Make a list of people you want to bring to the church. Those are first two steps to start. We've got uh, ten more steps here. But in response to this letter received from a listener, why aren't we evangelizing more if we have the greatest gift? That's a challenge. We'll be back with more of Mass Appeal in just a moment. Modern philosophers Kierkegaard, Shelley, Sartre proposed the idea that existence precedes essence, by which they meant, in simpler terms, that in the process of time we make or create who and what we are. We understand, of course, that there are those who believe that their doing has been more successful than that of others, and have consequently argued that their being is on a higher state than that of others. This is the kind of thinking that leads to genocide, gas chambers, and abortion clinics. However, folks like Barb and Patrick and Paul and Alicia believe that from the beginning human essence is divinely ordered and infinitely valuable. And where else can we state this more clearly than our defense of reborn children who cannot prove themselves or justify themselves? They can only be, which is why they are so precious to one named I Am. Go to Guadalupe Workers. 
Maybe you've been hearing a lot about the need to make a spiritual communion while participating from home in a live-streamed or broadcast Mass. Maybe you've even prayed the prayer of spiritual communion. Spiritual communion is a concept that goes all the way back to the 4th century. It flourished in the Eastern Church and gradually moved west. Spiritual communion stresses the transcendence of God, where we unite our desires, intentions, and loves with the holy sacrifice of the Mass and the consecration of the Eucharist at the altar. Jesus, I embrace you and unite myself wholly to you. This Saturday morning at 11.30, join us for another special edition of the Bishop's Hour. Bishop Earl Boyer of the Lansing Diocese joins host Father Tim McDonald for an engaging conversation. This week, Bishop Boyer discusses the meaning of Lent, the Lenten fish fries, the World Day of Marriage, and the upcoming men's conference. The Bishop's Hour, Saturday morning at 11.30, and repeated on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. on this Ave Maria radio station. This is Colleen Kelly Mass on Mass Appeal. Time for you to call. Your calls drive the show. You decide what the topics are today. I've said most of the things I need to say that I prepared, but I've also many things in the background, like the next 10 of these 12 simple and practical ways to get started in evangelism. But I'm a life coach, an author, a speaker, a mother, a wife, a daughter, except both my parents have passed away now, and it was a great blessing to be with them at or near their death. And I have five grown children, and I come from a large family, lots of cousins, aunts, uncles, and we've had some of your same problems. So give me a call with your question or personal problem. The number to get on today's show is 877-573-7825, even if the problem is ourselves. 877, if you need a pep talk, 877-5-PEP-TALK to have a good Lent. Okay, Jim from Florida, listening on Divine Mercy Radio. Looks like you had a lengthy question. Took a while to screen it, but you are on the air. Um, Jim, welcome to Mass. Yes. What's your question? Go ahead. Uh, I'm a Eucharistic minister at uh, St. Helen's Church here, and uh, I have, uh, it's not a question. One of the things you said, you could say anything. So I have uh, a statement that has to do with uh, God, man, and eternity. And it goes like this. Isn't it true that it's always now? Isn't it also true that life occurs in successive moments of now? If that's so, is it possible that each one of those successive moments is also eternal because it's always now? And I go a little further with the front of my hand is distinct from the back of my hand, yet it's one hand. And the front and the back have different jobs, distinct but not separate, still one hand. So also, time, eternity, infinity, distinct but not separate. Time is a measurement, eternity now, infinity, all those moments of now. Three persons in God, distinct but not, distinct, uh, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit all have different jobs, distinct but not separate. Seven billion people on the planet, but only one human being. Each of us has a unique, distinct, personal experience of being human. We are all being human, distinct, but not separate. That's my insight, and I'm just sharing that with you. 
Okay, that did you read that in that book um, by Wilfred, Father Wilfred Sinison, Eternity in the Midst of Time, or did you pull that together I, with your own philosophical thoughts? Yeah, I pulled it together with my own uh, that is That is beautiful. God bless you. So you have time to think. You must be retired, huh, Jim? Um, so <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> no. I'm 87 years old. Oh my goodness! I'm in business for for a 60, the same business for 63 years. I'm a, I'm a I'm a landlord and a teacher. Oh my coach. goodness! Good for you, using your brains forever. Okay, yes, you are right, and it just reminds me so much. Of of a book I read a couple, maybe a year and a half ago, um, by Father Wilfred Stinnison called "Eternity in the Midst of Time," and it is written in a way that just just pierces the depths of your heart to look and see. Uh, in, in the depths of our our thoughts and our minds, um, you know where we we don't need to be. Um, irritated by what's going on in the present because we are part of eternity and the, the beautiful thing is that we can make every moment a moment of eternity by practicing the presence of God you know and and being prayerful and and mindful of our prayer and be a perfect love as today's gospel say be perfect as a heavenly father is perfect but when we look at this this kind of insight that you have by the grace of god and the the holy spirit inspiring you you know it can be so healing because it's it's both theological philosophical psychological insights that are really powerful so you must be uh, very good at uh, contemplating god that you can grasp that Time is a measurement that that human beings, you know, by which we measure um, these moments that we're having with God, these these moments of eternity. So the Holy Spirit is truly at at work with you, and uh, it's beautiful to hear all those things that, that you came up with. So live in in the eternal right now knowing that we are measuring time in our own human way but that with god we can always be with him and he is eternal so thank you so much for bringing us this uh, philosophical uh, thought this morning so that we can connect and for those of you that were intrigued by what jim said there there is a book if, if you're not as uh as prayerful as he is in listening to the Holy Spirit as well with his philosophical um, advice, the um, the book that I mentioned was by Father Wilfred Stinnison, and it's called Eternity in the Midst of Time. And it just has some powerful teachings in it. And uh, you can get it on, I don't know, it's Ignatius Press. It's from Ignatius Press. Um, so and he's written other books, too, one called Into Your Hands, Father, that I uh, that I loved as well. So, um, so yeah, what a, what a thought. What a thought to start our day. Deep thinking, good thinking, being with God in, in every moment. And I thank you for the call, Jim. God bless you. Uh, can I just share you one more thing? Sure. Reality is a phenomenon that arises in language. Wait, say the first word again. Reality oh, is reality. a phenomenon that arises in language. Okay. All right. Reality and, and, is a phenomenon that arises in language. Okay. Creation 
is a matter of distinction, like the front of the hand, back of the hand. Mm -hmm. Creation is a matter of distinction. Okay, those are the uh, thoughts that I have, and, uh, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to share them with you. Okay, thank you for sharing them. God bless you. Bye-bye. And you too. Bye. Okay, and have a great Lent. Now, during Lent, we're increasing our prayer, our fasting, and our almsgiving. Well, Jim just gave to us. How are you doing on your, everybody else, on your fasting and your prayer? I have so far, in the first 10 days of Lent, been successful at increasing my prayer and getting to Mass and Adoration every day. But, again, I live 350 feet from an Adoration Chapel, so God has blessed me. Even though I told the realtor I only want to live to be able to walk, live walking distance to one of these Catholic churches. Um, so, uh, so are you increasing your prayer here for Lent? Are you increasing your fasting? Are you fasting from some of those evil things, fasting from your favorite sin? without just white-knuckling it. Are you changing? Are you transforming? This weekend, we are going to have the Gospel of the Transfiguration. How are you allowing God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to transfigure you this Lent by free will habits that you choose to follow Him rather than following some subconscious habit that you trained uh, yourself in uh, throughout the years? That habit when the body can do it without the subconscious mind, you programmed your body to be sarcastic or mean or impatient have you allowed God to transform you and reprogram your subconscious mind with a good habit, which is a virtue? So don't weaken your free will to a set of programmed uh, habits, but strengthen your will, renew your will, renew your mind this Lent. Give us a call, 877-5-PEP-TALK. The Heart of the Interior Life with Elizabeth Jingle. In the seventh rule of St. Ignatius of Loyola's 14 Rules for the Discernment of Spirits, St. Ignatius writes, Let one who is in desolation consider how the Lord has left him in trial. In the seventh rule, St. Ignatius is inviting those who are experiencing spiritual desolation to consider, to think of spiritual desolation as a trial. Father Timothy Gallagher writes, Persons in spiritual desolation should consider that such desolation is a trial permitted by the Lord. They should consider the nature of the trial. And finally, they should consider the divine purpose in allowing the trial to occur. If we consider, why is God permitting me to experience this trial? When we recognize our spiritual desolation as a trial permitted by a loving God, and that there is a silver lining to it, then we will respond with greater courage to fight off the desolation. For more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. If you have sustained conversation with non-Catholic Christians, one of the things that always comes up is, why do you confess to a priest? Why would you go to a priest when you can go straight to God? I would say, I would say, well, look, I went to Jesus, I looked at his word, and it told me to go to a priest. <laughs> it is interesting, one of the first things you notice, right towards the end of the Gospel of John, that Jesus himself determined to forgive and retain sins through human intermediaries. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. 
And Jesus commissioned his apostles on earth to speak in his name, to forgive sins or retain sins, not just metaphorically, but metaphysically. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays from 4 to 6 on Ave Maria Radio and AveMariaRadio.net. to Mass to Peel, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. This is Colleen Kelly Mast. I'm a life coach, author, speaker, and I've been here on Catholic Radio for 24 years, offering free, friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. I remember in the early years when Catholic Radio first became popular, people were calling in frequently just trying to understand some of the church teachings, particularly some of the ones that are uh, countercultural. And as people would begin to embrace and understand, oh, maybe the church's teachings on birth control or in vitro fertilization, or a permanency of marriage or other things, they um, they would grow and learn. And, and I've gotten so many emails and letters over the years that say things like, I, I only have these extra couple children because of you. Thank you for encouraging me. Or something like you saved our marriage by giving us this particular advice. So, so give me a call with your question or personal problem. The number to get on today's show is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. And if you're struggling with some certain weakness, maybe we need to make a plan. Like there's a, like a sin you keep struggling with or you're trying to work on it, you're trying to get better, you're not noticing any progress. And it, it's humbled you in a way, which is good. It reminds us that we always need God's help. Um, but maybe if you want a little plan to overcome a certain thing, you don't even have to say specifically what it is, just maybe in general what it is. Um, you know, it's not God's fault. We've trained ourselves. We've trained our subconscious mind to go to a certain habit. And each day, each day, we get a new day. The sun rises. Well, <laughs> Not always in every state. For those of you down in Florida, in Texas, California, New Mexico, Arizona, Louisiana, the sun usually rises. But here I am in Illinois. It doesn't always rise. I'm sure the people in Michigan and Minnesota, up in the northwest, it doesn't always rise. But there's always a new day. Jesus rose from the dead. And he made all things new. So we can change. We can change. I was talking right before the break. We can um, change. We use our free will to even override something in our own brain. They call this neuroplasticity. So that if we had this habit going this direction, people say, that's just how I am. No, it isn't. God gives you a new day each day. And you can change. It takes energy. It might take some discomfort. Uh, the change will be uncomfortable because it's going to be new because you're going to create a new neural pathway in your brain. That stream that was going always down to this is my response. You want to change that response. If it's an argument you have regularly with one of your children or one of your parents or with your spouse and that you're, you know when it's coming. You know that that situation leads to ending with this, and you can change that. And you can surprise these people that you live with, too. Um, Maybe your neighbor expects you to walk by and complain every day, and you're going to walk by and compliment them or say something nice. So 
even people that have, a, you know, a bad trauma in their past, they can change as well, you know, because our, our brain can change, you know, to support that new person in Christ. Our blood changes, our gene expression can change. The neuroscientists are showing how much that we can change with our own free will and God's grace, actually, um, that we can, you know, be conscious of how we think. We can be perfect as the Heavenly Father is perfect. And we can't just depend on our old habitual training. So don't give up your free will to some bad habit. And really, that's what we can do during Lent. Look at what our, our some bad subconscious habits might be. And instead of saying, this is just how I am, then we say, Lord, Give me the strength to do this, but then you, God God will bless with his grace your free will. Like if you say, God, help me exercise, but you don't get up off the couch. No, your choice to be lazy is overcoming your weak desire to change that. You know, so crucify your pride, humbly stand before God, say, God, I know you want me to change, whether you're laziness or intemperance with food you know or uh you know some comfort that you seek um if you some desire for some sin how do you crucify that desire and live by the spirit utilizing those gifts of the holy spirit of wisdom understanding counsel fortitude knowledge piety and fear of the lord knowing that you are a child of god the creator of the universe and he made you to be like him and you can use your free will each day to work toward that being perfect as the heavenly father is perfect and maybe it's perfect humility that you grow in by acknowledging your weaknesses or your sins and getting to confession and asking god to forgive those and he will he's so merciful but then making that change yourself so you don't fall into those bad habits again that's what we can do this lent give us a call with your question or personal problem the number to get on today's show is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. Is line one ready, or should I go to David? Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, Mary Kay from North Dakota, listening on Real Presence Radio. You are on the air now, Mary Kay. Welcome to Mass Appeal. Good morning, Colleen. Good morning. I just called really to um, just share a comment and just kind of a, um, it's always good to listen to you kind of thing. Um, many years ago, you worked with my mom. Um, she was part of Couple to Couple League, and oh. I don't know how often you did, but but um, she would mention you and just she thought, thought so highly of you and just had such great respect for you. And um, a few years back, you were in East Grand Forks, Minnesota, right next to Grand Forks. And I, yeah, um, I gave a parish mission there. I remember that. <laughs> yes, yes, a parish mission at Sacred Heart. And um, um, I just greeted you then and, and was grateful. And I just wanted you to know that I'm so grateful for your Saturday morning show. And I listen. And when I listen, it brings my mom always to my, my heart and my mind. And she passed away just over a year ago. Mm, and so it's just a beautiful, like, oh, mom, look, listen, this is, <laughs> this is your friend. <laughs> oh, my it's goodness. Just, it's 
it brings me joy. So oh. thank you very much for You're continuing welcome. to do this beautiful work. Thank yeah. you. And thank you for the call. Yes, I love the couple to couple league. Back when I was a teacher, the in the classroom there was nothing available for teachers that was pro life, pro chastity, against birth control, pro NFP. And the couple to couple league had some pamphlets that I could use in my classroom because obviously in uh this is the mid eighties there was not even a textbook yeah. that would dare mention natural friendly planning. So the couple to couple league was my go-to resource that I knew many of the couples I spoke at some of their conventions yeah a couple of couple league was great yeah. so so thank you for yeah. um, calling in and re- reminding me of your mom's work with CCL and uh, yeah it goes, goes back a while but all yeah. oh, the CCL does couple of couple yeah. league does such great work and and it was nice to meet you also in North Dakota <laughs> Yes, it was. It was good to see you, too. Thanks so much, Colleen. Okay. Well, thanks for calling in. You made our day, made us smile here. A a good call. All right. Thanks so much, Mary Kay. God bless you. And my my sympathy to you at the loss of your mother. But if she worked for CCL, you know she did good. God it's bless a beautiful you. foundation for everything that's, that's mm. um, the fruits of it. Yeah. Yeah, Fantastic. exactly. Thank you, Colleen. Okay. God bless you. Yeah. And how many people that, like, took my classes or listened to the radio in the early years when we spoke a lot about that have... Yeah. have form themselves in the true teachings of the church and are having large families. I am overseeing right now a new ministry at our parish for newlyweds. We just started in October. And these kids are open to life and, you know, ready to have a a large family and follow God and pray. And it's just beautiful to see. Gives us hope. All right. Uh Uh-oh. It's uh, time for I'm over for our break. We will be back with more of Mass Appeal and to chat with Anthony from California, who got up early right after this message. My husband is a total cracker. He really does make me laugh. He has that sense of humor where you don't know if he's serious or not. I've witnessed many people duped by his commentary, thinking that what he was saying was true. In reality, he was just joking around. He's often very quick-witted. His humor often includes a movie line or lyrics from a song. He has this ability to be in tune with others. I'm convinced we all need to laugh more. However, we must be careful not to engage in humor that is degrading or insulting to others. Life itself can be funny, and sometimes we just have to laugh at ourselves, but never at the expense of others in a hurtful way. I sometimes think if I don't laugh at the insanity in this world, I'll end up crying. Humor can be healthy and healing. Just make sure that when you're cracking that joke, that if you saw Jesus standing right next to you, he'd be laughing too. This has been a Christ Center communication message. I'm Vanessa Denhagarmo, a communications evangelist and host of Epiphany. It's time for Family Man with Dr. Gregory Popcha. St. John Paul's Theology of the Body teaches us that having healthy relationships means cooperating with God's design of our bodies. Research tells us that kids' brains can't learn and integrate new behaviors when they're stressed, upset, distracted, or scared. Have you ever felt like everything you tell your kids goes in one ear and out the other? Well, are you telling them those things when they're stressed, upset, distracted, or scared? That might be your answer. Discipleship Discipline, an approach inspired by St. John Bosco, gives parents strategies to help their kids calm down first so they can learn what their parents are trying to teach them. Discipleship Discipline is an important part of the liturgy of domestic church life. 
To discover more ways your family can celebrate the liturgy of domestic church life, check out the newest editions of Parenting with Grace and visit CatholicCounselors.com. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, but you can call me Family Man. To discover more ways faith can enrich your life, visit CatholicCounselors.com. Welcome to Mass Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. This is Colleen Kelly Mass. You can learn more about my work at my website at respectforyou.com. Respect, the number four, the letter U.com. You can sign up for a life coaching session or a whole package of life coaching. Or you can get some of my books, Love Ed, Love and Life, Sex Respect. Or you can just contact me through there as well. For now, we just have a couple minutes. We have Anthony on the line from California listening on Sirius XM 130 with a big family thing. Anthony, you are on the air now. What's your question? Good morning, Kelly. Uh, thank you for taking the call. I, uh, I've got an issue that, you know, we're call- I'm calling early from San Diego, obviously, because I listen to you yeah. quite often. Thank you. But... Uh, something that keeps me up a lot. Uh, my wife and I will have been married 60 years this year. Uh, we're both congratulations. Wow. Thank you. And um, we've raised a beautiful family over the years. Two girls and two boys. A few years ago, we lost our oldest girl uh, to breast cancer. Oh, I'm so sorry. And that started somewhat of a division within the family with their children. And then uh, my sister, who was an aunt of my children, she was sick, and the children would sometimes go see her and visit her, and I cared for her. Well, right now, my wife has uh, three different health problems. The main one is dementia. And we have our family at odds with one another. Our oldest son for about three years now, has not visited us at all. Ooh. Uh, we've reached out to him. By the way, he and his wife, they're beautiful people, but he and his wife are the only ones in the family that have not been able to have any children. Oh, and I'm wondering if that might be part of it. Yeah. But they've kept away from us. They've kept away from their other two siblings. They don't talk to them. They won't talk. Uh, my one daughter got married. They didn't go to they didn't oh. go to the wedding. My sister yeah. passed away. They didn't go to the funeral. They uh, uh, they don't call very rarely. Maybe once a year. Uh, we never see them at Christmas unless. My wife and I reach out, and now that my wife has dementia, mm. I mean, during the day she says, "Where, where is, where are oh. our kids at?" She can't oh. figure it out. Where are, oh. They don't come see us, or can't we go see them? Oh and, boy! Uh, I know it's terrible. I'm trying to reach out to our one son to try to get them together, and I, I can't do it. I don't know what to do. I don't know if you have any ideas, right? Yeah. Uh, oh my all, goodness, what are they? I don't know if they're going to church anymore. Mm-hmm. I hope, I pray that they are. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I just okay. don't know what to do. Just all right. So first of all, all you said it keeps you up at night. Let's turn this fear and worry into prayer with confidence in God. And pray for those gifts, those the first four gifts of the Holy Spirit, wisdom, understanding, counsel, and fortitude. And so your worry is only going to make you sick and stressed out um, and turn that worry to prayer and confidence in God Lord I Jesus I trust in you Jesus I trust in you and maybe that novena of surrender um, Father Dolindo's novena of surrender to God's will might help you because I'm thinking first of all your heart I hear the agony in your voice and, and it just it just aches a parent um, with so many things going on your wife having dementia your daughter died and now this one son that won't talk to the rest of the family so so first of all turn this worry into confidence in God a trusting prayer just as how Jesus says when he heals people, he always says, My, it's your faith that saves you. So let your faith be what saves this situation. So Jesus told us that, and, and so often he would heal people and say, it's your faith that saved you. So so turn that worry into faith. And then um, how did you reach out to him? Did you um, email him, text him, the, the son that you're trying to get in touch with? Did um, how, how are you trying to contact him? Maybe we can think of another way, Anthony. Well, first of all, we all live within 15 miles. Of oh, place. my goodness. Okay, that's good so to know. We're not that far away. I do I do text him. I've stopped at his work uh, before. In fact, my daughter was with me that one day, and my son wouldn't even talk to him, just turned his head away from her. Wow. Which was terrible. And she, and she loves him dearly. Mm. Okay. All right. You know what? We are uh, wrapping up like right here at the top of the hour, and I want to talk a little more about this. So can you hang on till after the break, Anthony? Yes. Okay. Sure. All right. So um, we're, we're ready to go to our break, so I didn't want to get any more into Anthony's question here, but, but uh, there are other families, I'm sure, that are struggling with this. When you when there are there's a heartache in a parent that we don't know what caused this alienation we don't know why he's visiting with the family maybe they're hurt maybe they are feeling so broken and alienated because they did not have children and maybe it hurts them or it's painful for them to be around you because you had four kids and so let's talk about a way that we can reach out to a family person that's alienated only lives 15 miles away what can we do besides our first effort is prayer. So let's everybody pray right now during this break for wisdom, understanding, counsel, and fortitude for Anthony so we can help him. This is Life News Radio. I'm Jim Anderson. The Alliance Defending Freedom continues representing pro-life doctors in their case before the U.S. Supreme Court. Hippocratic physicians seek FDA restoration of original safety standards. They contend that doctors' visits that check for life-threatening conditions like ectopic pregnancies and severe bleeding, were wrongly eliminated in pressure from the Biden White House. Alabama's Supreme Court ruled this week that persons created in in vitro fertilization are, as all other humans, to be offered protection in law. Critics say President Biden, desperate to promote abortion in his re-election campaign, is fabricating a storm of controversy around in vitro fertilization. This is Life News Radio. A culture of life has a rarely mentioned but very formidable enemy. Pornography is material that deceives its consumers into thinking that they possess beauty, while the reality is they are possessed by a lie. The first step may be to talk openly with your pastor or confessor, reject the lie, and recognize that a culture of life relies upon you. 
An open letter from a pro-life group condemns the NAACP for its eugenic position on abortion. 20 million black abortions is a number disproportionate to the black population. The American Life League says abortion is the ultimate racism. Abortion-friendly Illinois legislation is seeking to give tax credits to anyone new who comes to Illinois to procure or provide abortion. But the law also wants to criminalize parents who do not support abortion for their minor children. Actions in states like Tennessee and Texas are seeking to prevent abortion trafficking. Tennessee says teens especially remain persons that depend on protections of families. For pro-life headlines delivered to your email address daily, sign up at lifenews.com. This has been Life News Radio. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Weekdays at 10 a.m., there's more to life. Relationship Reboot. Are you dealing with a strained or broken relationship? Struggling to get things back online? Let us help you hit the reset button and reboot those relationships. Weekdays at 10 a.m. on Ave Maria Radio. 990 WDEO, Ypsilanti, Detroit, W300CO Dexter, and Ave Maria Radio Station, and on the net at AveMariaRadio.net. to our second hour already of Mass Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. This is Colleen Kelly Mast. I'm a certified life coach, the author of the Love and Life Program for Parents and Teens, the Sex Respect Program, the new Love Ed video discussion series. I give a really fun keynote address called the Four Heart Healthy Habits for Holiness for fundraisers and live events. I have a master's in health education teaching certificates in health science, physical education, and theology. I've taught school at every level, and I've been offering free, friendly advice from a Catholic perspective on the radio now for 24 years. So I love to help you. I love being here with you on Saturday mornings, even though sometimes it's hard to get up. Yes, I have to use my free will <laughs> to uh, to get moving and get my meditation done uh, before. I even got my exercises done before the show this morning here in the Central Time Zone at 8 o'clock. But that's not as long as... Early as Anthony has to get up, who's in California. So give me a call with your question or personal problem. Your calls drive the show. You decide what the topics are this hour. David from Ohio started, your call started to get screened, and if you need to call back, David, uh, call back, and we'll be able to take your call soon. And if you need to know more about my work, go to my website at respectforyou.com. Respect the number four and the letter U.com. 
And so we carried over Anthony here from California. There's some division among his children. He and his wife have been married for 60 years. Congratulations, Anthony. And one of his daughters died of cancer. Uh, our sympathy to you, Anthony. And one of his sons won't talk to another sibling. And it breaks everyone's heart in that family because God, our job is to love this person. And uh, we, uh, tomorrow's gospel is going to, today's, to, uh, today's gospel is to love your enemy, pray for those who persecute you, and certainly this is a form of persecution. So Anthony is back. You, you stayed over, right? I was going to say you hung over, yeah, but yeah. that doesn't sound good. Okay. All right. <laughs> and, 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 and so this keeps you up at night. And, uh, and we told, uh, told you the first. I have something else to add, Colleen. Okay. Go ahead. I just want to add real quick that I feel that the son that, that is staying away from the rest of the family is like the lost sheep. Ah. And I'm trying to reach out to that lost sheep. But we, we, my wife and I are very blessed with nine grandchildren and five great-grandchildren. Mm. And so Annie and this son of ours that is away with his wife just seems... He doesn't associate with any of them. He'll mm. attend something when my one grandson graduated from college here a few months ago. Oh, he did. It. He came to the graduation? Uh, we, we have, he came to graduation, but my daughter didn't go because of she didn't want to cause any problem. So there's a, that division oh. within the family is just really... Okay. Uh, and it has to do with the care of my sister, I think. And there was a caregiver involved, and was it's misunderstanding. I believe. Oh, oh. misunderstandings. Okay, all right. And how long has this been going on? They're the only ones that don't have children, but all the other, all of our other kids have children. So yeah, so they're feeling a little bit left out, and we don't know why. So first, I had mentioned for people that are just joining us now to pray, Anthony, for those gifts of the Holy Spirit with the first four gifts of wisdom, understanding, counsel, and fortitude, and then to turn over this worry and fear into absolute confidence and trust in God that you know that God wants this. relationships healed. He wants this family in love with each other. And so knowing that, that to trust in God, maybe do the uh, Father Delindo uh, surrender novena. So then, since your son hasn't visited you at all, I just thought of a, a plan that might be fun. You said you've tried texting him, you've stopped over, you've brought things. Um, and so I'm going to suggest that you, since you're 15 minutes away, um, try to get the other family members involved so even the one that the, the daughter didn't want to come because she didn't want it to create division. Get everybody else on board in terms of praying like this and loving. And a fun way to do this as a family, make it a family project this year and figure it'll take a whole year. Maybe Or maybe it'll be done by Christmas. And take turns doing weekly random acts of kindness for this family. Drop something off at their door with a, a, a note that says, we love you. Um, and then the... Um, and then do this each each person take a week and uh, and just keep whether they're dropping off flowers or or candy or some kind of uh, nice gift. Think of this as one way love, expecting nothing in return. You just want to be kind, and that way your heart for first of all praying and surrendering to God's will and 
having confidence with faith that he will do something, your heart will begin to change by all of you doing these random acts of kindness. And in the spiritual realm of things, by you giving this kindness, it's going to affect this son. Because he's going to feel like that, that prodigal son who did, felt like he came back, I didn't, I don't deserve this, you know, just give me, you know, what you give the pigs, you know, that, you don't, you know, I didn't deserve this party. When you give mercy and love and kindness to someone that in their own mind thinks they don't deserve it, you are giving them the merciful love of God, and it helps them understand what God's mercy feels like. So they're like, why are they doing this for me? But then you just keep doing it each week. Bring something nice or offer, here's a coupon for getting your grass caught or whatever you can or want to do to take turns doing a weekly random act of kindness. And you can sign it, you know, and each person can sign theirs, your your daughter and your other son, and you can take turns doing this. And then on the on the the gift always write we love you and then once in a while you on yours if you drop off oh maybe a, a meatloaf and some baked potatoes or something put in the bag put on a note we love you do i need to apologize for something so you open a little door so you flood them with random acts of kindness let them feel god's unconditional love one-way love and then maybe of of these four weeks of kindness one week put in yours do we need to do I need to apologize for something? So always write I love you. We love you on this. We love you and if your whole family wants to sign it or that person sign it, whatever. And then um you can put um we we love you or on your week, put it on the gift I love you. How can we reconcile? And when you bring the Easter lily, um, I love you. Please forgive us if we've offended you. Um, and then just keep writing I love you. And once a month, besides the random act of, of kindness, to give a little bit of invitation. Can we reconcile? I love you. Can we reconcile? Um, and that, Or then mention I love you. Um, is there some misunderstanding that I need to correct? So once a month, a little invitation to reconcile. And every week, a random act of kindness. And that's going to change your heart, change your whole uh, approach toward them, and help them feel, help this son feel God's mercy. Now, in the beginning, they could get irritated, Anthony. They could be like, what are they doing this for? And they could even throw it away. But the reason you and your daughter and your other son are going to do this is for them to see how God showers us with love. He gives us all these wonderful things and, you know, sunlight and and water and uh, weather and plants and you know god gives us all these good things and we don't deserve it and you're just going to give them good things until their hearts get warmed up and in the meantime keep praying for what to say in your your monthly can we reconcile or should we apologize for something and keep praying for their hearts with this novena of surrender to divine will when you finish that one i would say that novena of mary undoer of knots because that's there's some knot in there and just think of yourselves when you think of your son, then instead of thinking worry, concern, uh, what are, you know, what are we going to do about this? Think we're sending love. We are showering God's love through us to this son that is lost until he responds. And even if he never responds, you're better off because of that love. And the son, the son who receives this love, 
even if he doesn't respond, is better off. So the, it's going to be like a, a spiritual, like a mystical experience. The sending prayers, sending gifts, sending mercy, sending love, just one way, expecting nothing in return, that you will be showering love upon this, upon him. And I believe that God will move his heart to respond in some way. And then after a while of doing that, then go ahead and invite him to, to Christmas and graduations and those things. But always start with, we love you. Please come to this. We love you. We'd love to see you. Just shower him with love. And you will be happier. And he will respond in time. Okay, Anthony? Thank you very much. I do appreciate that. We okay. will work on that. Yeah, have fun with it because it's going to be your capacity to love that's going to grow. It's going to be exciting and fun for the the family. All right. God bless you. And good luck. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. Thank you for the call. All right. What a way, especially during Lent. Wouldn't this be a nice way to bring people back for Easter? If you have a adult, an adult child that has left the church, would be um, a nice little thing to bring these random acts of kindness and just say one week you say I love you, and next week you say God loves you. Next week you can bring them a rosary with a you know remember how to pray it. Um, another time bring them a little uh, you know a spiritual book or something like that. Another time bring them flowers. Random acts of kindness to bring people back to help them feel God's unconditional love. Will you give us a call with your question or personal problem? The number to get on today's show is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. We'll be back with your calls in just a moment. In Michigan, you are never more than six miles away from a body of water. Shouldn't your kids know how to swim? Big Blue Swim School will give your children the skills they need to keep them safe in the water. Locally owned, Big Blue Swim School is on West Eisenhower Parkway in Ann Arbor, just down from Whole Foods. Stop in or visit BigBlueSwimSchool.com. Register by March 17th to get 60% off your first four lessons when you mention Ave Maria Radio. On the next epiphany. If you blow on a spark, it will glow. If you spit on it, it will be put out and both come out of your mouth. Hi, Vanessa Denhagarmo here. John Birch will talk about his book, Loving God's Children, The Church and Gender Ideology. Then Dr. Lisa Marie Carson will give us an update on the Heart of Christ Clinic. Epiphany, weekdays at noon on Ave Maria Radio. It's time for Family Man with Dr. Gregory Popcha. Does your family make regular time to work, play, talk, and pray together every day? Research shows that when Catholic families create strong, consistent daily rituals for working, playing, talking, and praying together, they set the stage for teaching their kids Christian attitudes toward work, leisure, relationships, and faith. If it's true that values are more caught than taught, family rituals are what makes a Christian worldview truly contagious. That's why the rite of family rituals is such an important part of the liturgy of domestic church life. It helps families come together as strong domestic churches and learn what it means to be intentional disciples at home and in the world. To discover more ways your family can celebrate the liturgy of domestic church life, check out the newest editions of Parenting with Grace and visit CatholicCounselors.com. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, but you can call me Family Man. To discover more ways faith can enrich your life, visit CatholicCounselors.com.
welcome to Mast Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. The number to get on today's show with your question or personal problem as you're trying to live out your faith and your Lent, uh, the number is 877-573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK. During the first hour, I read the letter from a listener who was once a Protestant and is now Catholic, and she can't understand if this gift is so great of the Eucharist, why aren't Catholics better at proclaiming the good news like the apostles did? Why aren't we sharing it more boldly? Maybe it's a cultural thing. I don't know. But I said I found an article on 12 simple and practical ways to get started in evangelism. So while we're waiting for your calls here today, this hour, the number is 877 37825 pep talk we'll look at some of these ways well first of all pray because we talked to Anthony about this a little while ago um, pray and pray for opportunities to evangelize someone and then we spoke last hour about make a list of four or five non-Christians or non-practicing Catholics in your life and uh, make a habit of praying for them regularly. And then the third thing it has to do with one of those gifts of the Holy Spirit, fortitude, that I asked uh, Anthony to pray for as well, is be brave. You know, the next time somebody says to you, oh, what would you do this weekend? You know, or a question comes up in a conversation or at work or, you know, say something really positive about the church. Just say, hey, I went to I went to Mass and I really was moved by the number of people that attended that day. Or I was moved by somebody's reverence when they received the Eucharist. You can tell it's the year of Eucharistic revival. You know, respond something that lets them know that you love God and you're practicing your faith. So, Or um, bring an interesting Catholic book to work, you know, and read it during lunch break, you know, and be ready if they ask you what you're reading. So be brave and make opportunities where this could come up. And number four a way to get started in evangelism is with random acts of kindness. If somebody at work's having a tough time, you know, leave a little gift on their desk. Oh, offer to take the neighbor's kids for an hour or two so they can get some rest on the weekend or um, when the uh, just whatever acts of kindness you can think of and uh, somebody says, like, what if they say, why did you do that? Like, be bold and say, you know, in your own words, like, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and I'm just trying to share his love. I'm trying to show God's love in action. So random acts of kindness can help us evangelize as well. Um, Another is that you could start up a conversation, especially people that are away because they're angry or not in not understanding the church and what it teaches, you might ask him some worldview questions. For example, you know, do you think there is some kind of a God? And, you know, what do you believe in now? You know, like, what is God like to you? Or a question like, what does it mean to be a human being? Or here's a good one that can come up in any conversation. What's gone wrong with the world? Or follow up that with, what's the solution? So look for a chance to ask those kinds of questions. So a worldview conversation is number five of the 12 ways to get started in evangelism. And six 
is to start a spiritual conversation with a friend or a colleague. So prayerfully look for places where they express an interest that would make more sense if God's real. For example, you go on a hike with a friend, and while you're standing at the summit admiring the view, you could say, Have you ever wondered why, as human beings, we're so drawn to natural beauty and amazing landscapes? And that would open that conversation. Like, and that would open that conversation of creation and the creator. Okay, and number seven of 12 simple and practical ways to get started in evangelism is share something on social media. You know, drop a good quality, thought-provoking meme or something with good content and uh, that your non-Christian friends or non-Catholic friends or fallen away Catholic friends might be willing to watch or see or read. Okay, we'll get back to number 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 later because we've got a couple callers on the line here. This is Colleen Kelly Mast on Mast Appeal. Did I take the first break already? I think I did, right? All right, so we're going to this uh, call with Annie from Annie Anonymous from Indiana. Welcome to the show, Annie. You're on the air now. Go ahead with your question. Andy, Annie Anonymous from Indiana, you're on the air now. What is your oh, question? All right, yes, thank you. Um, thank you, Colleen, for your show. I, I listen every Saturday. I really appreciate it. Help helps, helps me a lot. Um, let's see. I was baptized as an infant uh, in the Catholic Church, but I wasn't raised Catholic. So now in my 50s, I just recently received my first reconciliation and uh, first Holy Communion. So I'm really happy about that. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I've been a bit troubled about one thing I wanted to ask you about. Um, As far as reconciliation, when I was in RCIA, they recommended uh, going at least once a month. Mm -hmm. And um, I I wasn't sure what to do if you are only aware of E. Nielsen. Mm -hmm. Um, At my parish, there's an hour for adoration and um, the, the priest does the reconciliation during that time. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I've seen, I've been in line twice, and people will kind of see that they're probably not going to have time to speak with the priest, and then they'll, you know, go back to the pews and sit down. So I don't, I don't want to take up time mm-hmm. with um, venial sin or something that very serious that other people need the time to... Um, talk about more serious things or mm-hmm. have mortal sin forgiven so they can receive the Eucharist and stuff. Right, right. Okay, yeah. so you're judging the other people while you're in the confession line, it sounds like. All right, and, and this no, is no, I just, part... I just, it's, I would it's just an like ex- to be kind to them to not take right. up time for something more important. Okay, but going to confession is important. Your confession is probably going to be short if you have uh, venial sins. And as the more that you go to the Sacrament of Reconciliation, if you go monthly, you will notice more sins of omission come up when you pray to the Holy Spirit. You will see different Beatitudes that you might uh, need to practice that you failed to practice. Uh, You might look at the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. So a lot of times it's what we have failed to do if we're not, you know, murdering and adding a buddy. You might also read the Catechism and or 
get a really good examination of conscience that helps you look at the underlying parts of your sins, uh, whether it's what you've done or what you failed to do, and bring these with confidence to know that God does want to forgive your sins and help you be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect, as today's Gospel tells us. And you receive a lot of grace for that. And so I would suggest you don't talk yourself out of going and go and make a... Uh, even a short confession gives you the same amount of grace. Still go in and take your one minute or minute and a half. Bless me, Father, I've sinned. My last confession was last month. Since then, I have XYZ, and I'm still struggling with this particular sin, and I failed to do this, and I'm sorry for these and the sins of my whole life, especially for... And then what one one of your past maybe that you need some extra grace to overcome, and your confession doesn't take long. So I would not um, deprive yourself of the graces of the sacrament of reconciliation, thinking that everybody else needs it more. It's not as kind as you think, because we do have to be kind to ourselves and do have to uh, receive the graces that God wants us to have. If it bothers you a lot or you're overscrupulous about the time, you can go to confession at a different parish or a different time. And I totally understand these lines. I totally understand waiting a long time and thinking that somebody else I've had those same thoughts that somebody else needs to do it actually the the last time I went to confession I waited in line 40 minutes and still did not get in and I don't know how many people in line could have gotten out or should have gotten out but the I think that if we create that demand, the priest will be, spend more time in the confessional and, instead of just that half hour, that hour before Saturday night mass or during a holy hour. If the more people that are in line waiting, the, we will create a demand for the sacrament of reconciliation. So I would still suggest you go once a month, even venial sins, if you want to be holy and perfect as a Heavenly Father is perfect, should be confessed because you receive the grace, you receive the healing that you need and the graces to avoid other negative thoughts um, and, and, uh, and that even lead to sin. And so you're not stealing someone's time and just use the, the short time that is there and, uh, and consider... If that's too, if it's, if it bothers your conscience even to be there, ask God to help you know, is there a different time I should be coming to confession, a different place I should be going to confession, or should I just keep my confession short? So I, I wouldn't say deprive, I'd say don't deprive yourself of the sacrament of reconciliation because of that you judge that everybody else's sins might be worse than yours. We don't know that. We all need God's grace. We all need His mercy. So I hope that gives you some encouragement. Um, for uh, to remaining in line or finding a different time to go to confession because it's a beautiful, beautiful sacrament that can be both um, healing and, um, and grace building. It gives us the, all the grace and strength that we need to be another Jesus for others. So unless you're exactly like Jesus, we're committing some mortal sins of commission or omission and need to be more like Christ, and, and regular confession will help us do that. Okay, Annie? Okay, thank you. All right, God bless you. Bye-bye. The only um, thing a person might consider is that if they're over-scrupulous, they still want to go to confession once a month, but don't be overly scrupulous about things that are not really sins. 
But when you look at yourself and your relationship with God, you read the Gospels, you know who Jesus Christ is, anything you do say or think that is not like Jesus is something that you can have healed in the Sacrament of Reconciliation. We'll be back with more of Mass Appeal in just a moment. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. The question of gender identity is divisive, controversial, and often painful. How should parents respond to sons and daughters desiring to change their gender? Will the church remain free to teach that we are created male and female? What do the sciences say? We'll find out on March 2nd when Father Gabriel Richard High and Ave Maria Radio host our annual Familiaris Consortio Conference, Responding to Gender Dysphoria in Truth and Charity. Attorney John Bursch takes on gender ideology. Professor of endocrinology, Dr. Paul Cruz, covers the sciences. Father Sean Kilcauley speaks as a pastor. And you will bring plenty of questions for our panel. Be there Saturday morning, March 2nd, from 8.15 until noon at Father Gable Richard High in Ann Arbor. The event is free, includes a light breakfast, so register at AveMariaRadio.net or FGRHS.org. This week on Christ is the Answer, it's the season of Lent, and Father John wants to help us prepare for Easter. It's only been about a week into Lent, but have you stuck to your goals of fasting and prayer, or have you hit that spiritual roadblock? It's not too late. The church has so many faithful ways for us to traverse this season of penance. So if you need encouragement, join us again this week as Father John helps us get the most out of Lent. Tune in for Christ is the Answer, Monday through Fridays at 11 a.m. on Ave Maria Radio. This Saturday morning at 11.30, join us for another special edition of the Bishop's Hour. Bishop Earl Boyer of the Lansing Diocese joins host Father Tim McDonald for an engaging conversation. This week, Bishop Boyer discusses the meaning of Lent, the Lenten fish fries, the World Day of Marriage, and the upcoming men's conference. The Bishop's Hour, Saturday morning at 11.30, and repeated on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. on this Ave Maria radio station. Welcome to Mass Appeal. I was just thinking of the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. In verdant pastures he gives me repose. Besides restful waters he leads me. He refreshes my soul. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil. For you are at my side with your rod and your staff that give me courage. If you are walking through a dark valley right now and you need to hear some words of encouragement, give us a call. God will spread the table before us in the sight of our foes. He'll anoint our head with oil and our couple overflow. This is Colleen Kelly Mast on Mast Appeal. Actually, I memorized the 23rd Psalm when I was, I spent uh, four or five years as a part-time hospital chaplain covering for the deacons when they couldn't be there if they were out during funerals or helping on Sunday Masses. So I worked a lot on Sundays and, and to accompany people of all faiths. In a Catholic hospital, um, I learned by heart the 23rd Psalm to pray with people. And even though some people would say, oh, that's a different version than ours, um, it would still be fine. give everyone some comfort. So, the Lord is my shepherd. There's nothing I shall want. You give us a call with your question or personal problem. If you're walking through a dark, dark valley or confused about something or trying to mend a relationship or need a new Lenten resolution because the first one you tried wasn't working, I can give you an idea. Actually, we could do a new resolution each week. You can just call any 
each week. Could I have a new resolution for this week? I'll help you find one. Give us a call with your question or personal problem. The number to get on today's Mass Appeal is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. Your next caller is Albert from Nebraska, listening on Spirit Catholic Radio, where I'll be speaking at the end of April. Um, Welcome to the show, Albert. You're on the air now. Go ahead with your question. Good morning, Colleen. Good morning. I My question is regarding uh, a teaching position mm-hmm. that would be in a private um, facility for youth, and it would be high school teaching a comparative religions class, basically. I'm a strong Catholic, so I would, you know, not want to jeopardize my strong faith. But this uh, um, teaching position would be um, in a school where all of the faiths are embraced, and I would be teaching religions um, from the perspective that, you know, um, you can be whatever religion you want um, as long as you're respectful toward all religions. And so, for example, they showed me the chapel, and they said, well, notice how we don't have a crucifix or anything up because we don't want to offend, you know, anybody that's not um, Catholic, for instance, even though the, the facility years ago was founded by a Catholic priest. And Ooh, so, should I that's why you're there. <laughs> right. Wow, okay. Should I embrace it, or should I say that, well, I'm going to stick with the Catholic schools? Hmm. So you don't have an offer yet at a Catholic school. You just the offer is only um, at this well, private. Well, in a Catholic school, but it's not a religions class. It's teaching resource, which I love. But uh. I, and I've, I've stayed here for three years thinking that I'll find something in a religious class. But mm-hmm. I feel that tug at my heart that I want to teach religion, you know. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I. This is a, a tough question. I'm. I'm glad that you're thinking about it deeply, and so I'm pondering this in my mind and thinking about um, a a professor that my sister had in college that taught world religions, and he taught it in a way that in its underlying message compared every religion to Catholicism. (laughs) And she did learn the world religions without offending anybody. You know, the the professor didn't offend anybody because there is some truth in each religion. It's just the fullness of truth is in the Catholic faith. So you do not want to, if if you took this job, you wouldn't want to lead people to believe that all of their needs can be fulfilled in a religion that was self-centered rather than other-centered, for example, or um, has, you know, a false god, for example. But there are some truths that you could have. So I'm thinking that it's possible to promote Catholicism by teaching world religions without um, obviously doing that. And I, I saw this done very well in a book 
of uh, that uh, Anthony De Stefano wrote, 30 Days to Your New Life, A Guide to Transforming Yourself from Head to Soul. And it is a self-help book, you know, a big fat one. I interviewed him last year on the show when, he, when the book came out, because it's like 300 pages long. And it's a self-help book. And as he worked through the book, he was saying that he wanted to make it a, a secular book. He wanted to not promote any particular religion. Um, and but when he gets to about like chapter 16 or 17, he talks about getting straight with God. And then the more and more he he looks at the philosophy of life and being a human person, he he looked at how the other religions could be fulfilling to the human person, and he saw that. You know, he, he he looks at Buddhism, and there was something missing there. He looks at Protestantism, and there's something missing there. He, he looked at Judaism, and he realized that even though he was trying to teach this from a, a secular thinking perspective, he came up with Catholicism is, is what's going to get you there, even by quoting G.K. Chesterton, um, but he said, um, I'm just pulling out the book now, he says, Buddhism and its idea of permanent renunciation of self doesn't fit into a self-help program. So thinking of how Anthony DiStefano described that in self-help and thinking that everybody in that school is looking for to, to be the best person they can be or have the best life that they can, you might be able to teach the truths of these faiths and show that the fullness of all the where they lead uh, with a little bit of guide from Anthony De Stefano and show the good that's in them and then show Catholicism as one of the many and how this meets the human need to to know love and serve God and as well as many many other needs there's also a book by uh, Father Robert Spitzer on the moral wisdom of the Catholic Church, where he just statistically shows that all the church teachings, uh, particularly in areas that are most controversial in marriage and family life and sexuality, that if people that if people don't follow the Catholic teachings on those, the statistics of how mental illness increases, drug use increases, misery increases, the economy harm so is harmed. So they there are there's evidence there. If you think you could take it that direction, it might be very enlightening to a lot of people. I also know that and uh, another university that a teach a professor teaching in a secular university. Where was this? Was it Kansas, I think? And he was teaching the great books. And he came up, and more people were converting, converting to Catholicism because they studied literature and saw the truth. So there are ways that you can lead people to the truth and Catholicism, even in a public setting. So consider that, and uh, consider if God might be calling you to do that, if he's given your heart a desire to teach religion. It might be able to work in a surprising way. Greetings, brothers in Christ. I'm Bishop Earl Boyer, inviting you to the Accept the Challenge Catholic Men's Conference on March 16th at the Gervin Game Above Center in Ypsilanti. 
We've lined up incredible nationally renowned speakers, Justin Fatika, Doug Berry, and our very own Father Joe Krupp. There will also be Mass, Confessions, and a wide variety of Catholic ministries to help you grow as a man of God. Visit acceptthechallenge.org to register today. Light of the East, weekends on Ave Maria Radio. I am Father Thomas Loya. This week on Ave Maria, behold, the church is covered with a heavenly garment by the icons, thus preserving the true faith. May those who do not believe this be covered with shame. Now on Ave Maria Radio's newest FM stations, 105.5 FM in Southfield and 107.9 FM in Ann Arbor. Modern philosophers Kierkegaard, Shelley, Sartre proposed the idea that existence precedes essence, by which they meant, in simpler terms, that in the process of time we make or create who and what we are. We understand, of course, that there are those who believe that their doing has been more successful than that of others, and have consequently argued that their being is on a higher state than that of others. This is the kind of thinking that leads to genocide, gas chambers, and abortion clinics. However, folks like Barb and Patrick and Paul and Alicia believe that from the beginning human essence is divinely ordered and infinitely valuable. And where else can we state this more clearly than our defense of reborn children who cannot prove themselves or justify themselves? They can only be, which is why they are so precious to one named I am. Go to Guadalupe Workers dot org. Welcome to Mass to Peel, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. There are lines open waiting to hear from you with no wait. You can still get on the show if you've been in the procrastinators club and you put it off like, oh, I need to call, I need to call, I want to call about this. You can get on now with 20 minutes left. I just have David on the line who, or David is not on the line. He hung up. We have his question to answer. Um, and I'll answer you, David, because uh, he left information with the call screener and then we can go to you so somebody who has waited before and not gotten on here's your big chance the number is 877-573-7825 877-5-PEP-TALK and if now not if nobody calls I'll finish those last five of the 12 ways to get started in evangelism but I do want to make another comment about um, Albert as well because I just as the music was playing uh, mentioned a uh, a public university that was teaching a great books program. This is decades ago. And it, as people studied the great books, this literature led them to all become Catholic. So they're having so many Catholic converts in this public school just by studying the great books literature that they canceled the program. <laughs> Isn't that funny? They canceled it because they were uh, afraid. I don't know why they canceled it, but interesting that by studying the truth of the human person, whether it's a philosopher, true sociology, true theology, true anthropology, that we get through economics as uh, Father Spitzer's uh, true mental health, as Father Spitzer's book would prove, that when you look at the truth in Catholicism through 
well, when you look at literature, it will lead you to truth, and Catholicism leads you to truth. And so it's funny that all those students studying the great books decided to become Catholic, and they had these tremendous converts. So I'm thinking that, Albert, maybe you can make, it, you can make a difference in this secular institution uh, by talking about the different religions, and you can bring in uh, the search the you know seeking the search for God, and there are even some different videos on the Formed platform. If your parish subscribes to Formed, I think it's called Seek or Search, um, and there are some wonderful ways to introduce that in a secular setting. Our parish uses a program called Sycamore, which is like the Catholic version of Alpha, where people are just seeking and looking, is there a God? Um, does God exist? Does he speak to us? Um, what's the Bible for? Can it change your life? Um, is Jesus really our Savior? You know, So asking questions might lead them to where maybe that's what you really want to teach, is to lead people. Maybe it's a great opportunity to lead people to the church without specifically being in a Catholic school. So I would say pray about that. Pray to the Holy Spirit and, and let the wisdom of God lead you through that. But certainly it's possible. All right. You give us a call, too, with your question or personal problem. The number to get on today's show is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. David from Ohio, listening on the Rock Radio, uh, called in. He left his message with the call screener. And David has called before, too. And he said um, right now he's being moved around at work. They're saying he doesn't do his job. Okay, David, first of all, rejoice and be glad that you're getting moved around and you're not losing your job. And actually, this could be fun, especially if you um, have people with attention issues. Can, I don't know if you do or not, but like, I like a different job all the time, so it can be really fun. But if they're saying you, they don't do your job, it's really important to be honest and upfront with whoever might be your supervisor. And so go to the person and say, specifically tell me what should I be doing and give me a checklist, A, B, C, D, E, or 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. What do you expect me to do so I will know exactly what's expected and then do it? And if you have the capability to do it, you... You can excel in any job. If you don't have the capability to do it, whether it's physical or mental, then maybe it's good that they're moving you around till you find what is best for you. For example, if you don't have strong muscles and you have to lift 25-pound bins, maybe it's good that they moved you to a different place. Or if it has to do with assimilating a lot of information rather than doing something that's um, just a a repetition, um, it might be too hard for you mentally. So look at physically and mentally what you're capable of. And when they give you your job description, accept it and try your best. And if you're not capable of that, be grateful if they move you to a different one. But be clear with your supervisor that that you're trying to do your best. And before you leave each day, make sure you have a checklist uh, on you know that you have a, what you have accomplished. Because if they're saying you're not doing your work and you really are, that's a problem. But if they're saying you're not doing your work and you really aren't, 
that's something you either have to correct or get moved to a simpler job. So being moved around is not a bad thing. It can be good. And so be happy to get moved around. But find your niche. Find your place where you're in a position where you can accomplish that job and you can make your manager or supervisor pleased each day. And instead of letting them say, in general, you're not doing your job, before you leave each day, just say, when I when I got here, I asked you what I was supposed to do today, and here are the five things, and then you go show them that you did them. And you explain how you did them. So don't let them just arbitrarily accuse you of not doing your job if you really are. So be clear of what they expect of you, and clearly do it, clearly report back at the end of each day, and then there'll be no reason for them to say you aren't doing your job. I hope that helps you, David. God bless you. This is Colleen Kelly Mast on Mast Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. The number to get on today's show is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. And I have a couple more of those ideas. Uh, Based on the letter we received during last week's show from a a former Protestant who's now a Catholic and loves the Eucharist, wondering why we are not evangelizing but accepting the beliefs, trying to be ecumenical. She says, how can we hold back when the goodness is in the Eucharist, when Jesus is calling us to his graces? She said, so we need to be evangelizing more. Because we're supposed to be of one faith, one church, one body of believers. So we have mentioned 12 simple and practical ways to get started in evangelism. For those of you that just joined us, the first ones were pray, make a list, be brave, engage in random acts of kindness, have a worldview conversation, start a spiritual conversation with a friend or colleague and share something on social media and so i will do the last five right after our message because it's time for our break right now we'll be back with more of mass appeal and five more ways to get started in evangelism whether it's to bring someone back to the church or bring someone to the fullness of faith we'll be back with more of mass appeal in just a moment Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Estate planning gives our loved ones peace and time to mourn. At MyCatholicWill.com, a legal will is as simple as 15 minutes filling out information about your family. The standard cost is $79.95. However, thanks to our partnership with MyCatholicWill.com, when you use the promo code AVE, A-V-E, your will is absolutely free. No hidden cost whatsoever. Visit MyCatholicWill.com. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, weekdays on Ave Maria Radio. People think it's easier to stay in the muck. The devil that we know is easier than the devil we don't know, but what they don't realize is that the situation can get worse. And what we're seeing now with some of these very liberal orders, let's say, for example, these liberal orders that are dying out, especially religious sisters, dying out, literally folding. And then you have the religious orders such as the Sisters of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist, the Dominican Sisters in Nashville, the Sisters of Life in New York, flooded with requests for information and to meet with the sisters about this beautiful life because they're so joyful because they are living the truth of Scripture and the truth of the Eucharist, of Jesus. But these people will not let go because then you have to look yourself in the mirror and then you have to surrender. I think it all goes back to the Garden of Eden. Who's God? Are we God or is God God? Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, Weekday mornings from 8 to 10 a.m. on Ave Maria Radio and AveMariaRadio.net. 
Ave Maria Radio invites you to feast on the joy of fasting this Lenten season and all year long. Fast from hostility. Feast on peace. Fast from bitterness. Feast on forgiveness. Fast from self-concern. Feast on compassion for others. Fasting is a part of true Christian life. It liberates us from this world as we grow closer to Christ. to Mass to Peel, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. This is Colleen Kelly Mass. You can learn more about my work, my speaking, my life coaching, my books at my website, Respect the number four, the letter U, respectforyou.com. Our last caller is Nancy um, from Maryland. Welcome to the show, Nancy. How can I help you today? Good morning. Um, Yes. I just had a question about the Eucharist, on taking the Eucharist on Sunday after mm-hmm. you've gone to confession mm-hmm. during the week, mm-hmm. and then right before Sunday Mass, a few days before that, you do commit a venial sin. You either mm-hmm. gossiped, you said you weren't going to do it, you cursed, etc. Mm-hmm. I don't feel good going up to get the Eucharist. I, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, I just, I don't think it's, in my opinion, for me, I just feel bad. I don't want to. I don't want to do it. I didn't know if it was like, no, it's okay. Just don't do it again because we went to confession or go to confession the next week. Okay. But what if I don't make it the next week? Right. No, I can respond to that. And um, a mortal sin is one that we do deliberately. It's a serious offense, and it's turning away from God. A venial sin is, oh, no, not I did that again. I'm trying not mm-hmm. to do that. Okay, so a venial sin doesn't separate us from God, so it does not keep you from going to the Eucharist. So what happens if after you go to confession, unless you sin right in confession, <laughs> after you go to confession to um, and you commit a venial sin, you immediately, as soon as you're aware of that, stop and make an act of contrition. Do nothing else. Stop. Tell God you are sincerely sorry. Say your act of contrition, and you're going to make every effort not to create that, to not to um, make that sin or do that sin again, and then you are free to Go to confess. Go to the Eucharist. Also, in the beginning of the Mass, we have the penitential rite: "Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy," or we say the Confitior. And so, in that penitential rite, we bring to God our true sorrow, our true contrition, and think of the times that we've offended Him. So, not only can we do that immediate uh, act of contrition and ask God to forgive it then, but then at the penitential rite at Mass, like God, you know my weaknesses, you know what I struggle with, and I'm so sorry for these, and I'm trying not to offend you again, and you bring those to that penitential rite of Lord have mercy, or to the confidior, and God forgives your venial sins right there before the uh, before the Eucharist. So, it, it just sounds like you need a little more confidence and trust in God's mercy, Nancy. Because when you say, oh, I don't feel good about going to, con- going to communion, that is kind of it. It is an old thought of people that didn't 
always go to communion because you're right. We are not worthy to receive Jesus Christ in our souls if we have a venial sin. We're never worthy. But we say that right before communion. Lord, I'm not worthy. But you only say the word and my soul shall be healed. So there's been a different um, approach to that. Whereas people, you know, centuries ago thought that, oh, I could, if my soul had to be spotless before I go to communion. And the thinking now is that if we are truly sorry and we repent of the, those venial sins, that we are free to go to communion. It's just only the mortal sins where we've done something serious, turned away from God deliberately. That's all that keeps us from going to uh, communion. All right, so a venial sin, it's not good. It's still bad. It's still a sin. It's still turning away from God. It's still not being like Jesus Christ would be. Um, but... Um, not feeling good is not a good enough reason to stay away from communion. Trusting in God's mercy that if you're truly sorry, he will forgive your venial sins. You're welcome to go to communion. Okay, Nancy? Thank you so much. First time listener, so I'm, oh. I guess, a blessing that I turned you on and I heard you. That is the Holy Spirit. That is the Holy I love it when that happens on the show so often that the Holy yes, Spirit's so just out there. Thank you so much, and, and I look forward to listening to you more. Okay, thank you so much. I'll talk to you next week at the same time. Yep, right, wonderful, wonderful. When I said, um, don't sin during confession, I don't know if I should confess this, but one time I got this penance that was bigger than I expected. And so my original response was, because it was one of those penance services where there are, you know, ten priests around, you walk up, you do your confession, you think you're going to get one Hail Mary, and he, he asked me to do the whole, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, and I'm thinking, like, the whole chaplet? And I'm like, oh my goodness, I sinned, right, during confession. Who am I? So prideful to think that I <laughs> should do a bigger penance <laughs> like that. And so, yeah, you can commit a, a, a venial sin uh, after confession and just be truly sorry for it. Ask God to forgive it. Say your act of contrition and go to communion the next time. But our consciences are so sensitive right after all our sins are forgiven that we should be aware immediately of our next venial sin. We try not to sin again. If you go to confession Saturday night, you don't want to sin before you go to communion on Sunday. But sometimes it happens. But again, stop yourself right away. Be truly sorry. Tell God you're sorry. May say your act of contrition. Ask him for forgiveness and promise to be more aware and to not commit that sin again. So I hope that helps everyone. And so wonderful, Nancy, our new listener, um, knows that uh, what what it takes to truly be sorry and ask forgiveness for a venial sin so that we can receive the beautiful sacrament of the Eucharist, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ right within us to strengthen us and nourish us for this journey of life until we see him again in all eternity in heaven. And until then, let's imagine being with him, know the joy, the glory, the beauty of heaven, and try to make his kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. This is Colleen Kelly Mast reminding you to be Christ to others. Mast Appeal is produced by Ave Maria Radio and broadcast through the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Copies can be purchased or free downloads can be found at the Ave Maria website, AveMariaRadio.net. If you have a comment or question for Colleen, write to Colleen at AveMariaRadio.net 
or Mass Appeal at AveMariaRadio.net. And listen for Mass Appeal Saturday mornings from 9 to 11 Eastern Time for free, friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. If you have sustained conversation with non-Catholic Christians, one of the things that always comes up is, why do you confess to a priest? Why would you go to a priest where you can go straight to God? I would say, I would say, well, look, I went to Jesus, I looked at his word, and it told me to go to a priest. <laughs> it is interesting, one of the first things you notice, right towards the end of the Gospel of John, that Jesus himself determined to forgive and retain sins through human intermediaries. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And Jesus commissioned